Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Captain Lawyer's podcast. You are listening to Chief Brahma and Rishabh Khan. We are both law students, and we do this podcast to discuss things essentially, right, Jeet? Yes, absolutely. And our producer has given us the full liberty to discuss whatever we want. So, what, what are you up to this week? So this week, nothing much actually. I'm just uh, waking up. surfing the internet and then going again back to sleep because there is nothing much to do right we are facing a global pandemic situation and that's it so you are spending most of your time on internet yeah i think most of us are spending most of our times on internet right now so what do you use internet for okay like don't laugh i just use the internet for texting um, streaming videos on netflix and buying stuff as you cannot go out in the situation frequently uh no and yes like yeah my reason was different because i am getting those on a great discounts but yeah obviously your point is right too so you are using your phone for the majority of your time right absolutely and you are using google chrome and yeah. you are using whatsapp and other applications on your phone uh, yeah amazon amazon so you are aware of things whatever is happening with your phone whatever you are doing yeah Yes, pretty much. Do you know that uh, actually Google, these big tech companies, Google, uh, Facebook, Amazon, these companies uh, were a subject of a study by a California-based advocacy group. Okay. And they have uh, studied their recent patent applications, and uh, they have seen that patent applications from Amazon and Google. revealed how their alexa and uh, for google google okay google and for apple uh, siri um, are constantly snooping on you uh, this study warns of an orwellian future in which gadgets eavesdrop on everything from confidential question uh, conversations to your toilet flushing habits so okay. by anyway so, so do you know what is an orwellian future no i am just pretty much hearing the term for the first time okay you are missing out on a very great book which was written by george orwell the okay. book's name is 1984 um so do you have the book i do i have okay, read it i would love to borrow it so okay fine after this podcast i am giving okay. you the book back but anyway uh, so basically 1984 is uh, often referred to as one of the definitive texts of modern dystopian literature it was written in 1980 1948 okay. so it was written in 1948 but the book's name is 1984 okay. uh, the book serves as a powerful warning against totalitarian regimes and extreme political ideologies the pitfalls of a totalitarian regime are symbolized by big brother and overarching figure that dictates the life lives of the citizens of oceania so basically in this book the citizens of oceania it's a country okay. fictional country in this book they are under constant surveillance by a government by the government through a system called big brother so okay. big brother is the dictator of oceania Okay. Anyway, so anyway, Orwell, uh, George Orwell, penned this no- novel at a critical time in history when there was a rise of totalitarian states, and the, you know that culminated in World War Two. Uh, this was a time of post-atomic age when uh, you know we discovered how drastic human mind can be. Okay. Um, 
anyway more than 60 years since it, it was published 1984 still remains one of the most haunting terrifying portrayals of the future of mankind the future where everything belongs to the state and no one is free so basically there's this these lines and these lines are timeless when we think of what is happening in north korea or what is happening in china Absolutely, yeah. these lines are um if i quote war is peace freedom is slavery and ignorance is strength but anyway hmm. let's proceed <laughs> future versions of uh, gadgets like eco or the home pod of apple um use uh, the data which you create by speaking to these devices to sell you products um uh, this is what the um, consumer agreement between amazon and you says but the findings which were published in the report by the advocacy group based in california named consumer watchdog it said that the patents reveal the devices possible use as a surveillance equipment for massive information collection and intrusive digital advertising but i don't think that's that is much of a threat because these digital assistants are supposed to react only when they are like only when they hear a so called wake word right like for amazon's eco it's alexa and for google it's like okay google so did the study found that the digital assistants can be awake even when the users aren't like using them or the users think that they aren't users using. aren't saying you know alexa or hey yeah, aren't saying, saying the wake word yes um, actually you're quite incorrect because uh, according to the patent okay so basically the devices are built according to the patent right okay. so these patent patents show that amazon has envisioned alexa uh using uh, has envisioned alexa used to build profiles on anyone in the room okay uh, for to, to, to sell them products okay to sell the goods amazon okay so amazon is constantly making profiles on anyone it has a profile on you it has a profile on me um, it has in that profile it has uh, you know the spend our spending habits the time we spend on amazon or you know the time we for example search a product okay um amazon recently has filed a patent application for an algorithm that would let future versions of the device identify statements of interest for example if you are having a conversation in a room and there is amazon echo dot i guess that's yeah. what it's called and you're talking about uh, let's suppose ski so the next you know amazon through its uh, play store app will send you notifications about skiing products okay so you are uh, you will be monitored you are actually being monitored by these devices and they are listening into your conversation a google patent application shows uh, you know its smart home system to monitor and control everything from screen time to hygiene habits to meal time the time you're eating for example what time you're eating your lunch what time you're eating your dinner you know your travel schedules where are you going what's your location and your other activities these devices are envisioned as a part of surveillance uh, where they are knowing your family patterns you know okay, what so is like, happening in your family okay like so they can uh, more easily be marketed based on our interests like what my family needs so i think they should be paying us for uh, using one alexa or using one because have, haven't you ever thought because in this world even water costs us money yeah 
uh, and these uh, beautiful products like uh, Google, uh, Assistant. Google Google Assistant we are just getting it free on yeah, android we are getting for free so who is the product and how they are making money they are making money by collecting our data so we are the product yes that's the <laughs> saddest part of it we are um, the products in we are selling ourselves for these services sell, we are selling ourselves for these services um instead of uh, charging for you for these surveillance devices for example on amazon a google dot costs i guess 4000 rupees yeah. for charging that 4000 rupees from us and like amazon eco dot is like up to 8000 to 10000 rupees yeah, so um, they should pay us pretty premium devices to, to use these devices yeah, but <laughs> and you know these uh, employees in amazon and google they will tell you that these uh, devices are only there to help you but no it's not the case they are listening to what we are talking and yeah. they are using that data to target ads to us you know and when they have compiled these informations they have compiled this data into a server right and if anyone has an access to that server then they could know anything about you right so like from this conversation i recall reading an article where a tech expert says google chrome has become a spy software like for example if you look in the upper right corner of your chrome browser like of course you do use a chrome browser right or you use mozilla or something else i use chrome okay so if you uh, look at the upper right corner of your chrome browser you will see a picture or a name in a circle like your name in the circle so if you are logged into the browser and Google at that very moment might be tapping into your web activity to target ads and if you don't even sign in like if you are like no i won't sign in because google may spy on me like chrome recently started doing that automatically when you use gmail so i read this in that article so i just actually chrome is even sneakier on your phone for okay. example if you use android chrome uh, comes pre-installed right yeah so chrome sends google your location every time you conduct a search but but if i turn off my location they can remotely access your location they are constantly okay. they are constantly collecting your location they know where you are they know um, if you turn off your location sharing it still still sends you coordinates out with just less accuracy okay so actually turning so off the location you, is it, not helping and me. and you could check this so if you right now say hey google on your phone so uh, the google assistant will just wake up wake yeah. up right and then you will ask something to that google assistant right the thing which you are saying the thing which you are asking for example i say hey google tell me how's the weather the google is google is recording your voice too yeah and also if i want to know my weather it's recording my location too because i want to know the weather of my location yes so okay so basically it's getting everything it's getting everything but i think firefox like firefox is better i guess i don't know firefox isn't perfect either um it still default searches to google okay because google, we don't use bing Okay. Yeah. yeah we, right. or, or or we don't use alternatives to Google. We use Google, okay. right? Yeah. Firefox does redirects to Google. Like if I search something, it just goes onto the Google page, right? But it is it does not share browsing data uh, with Mozilla, which isn't in the data collection business. Um. At a minimum, web snooping can be yeah. very annoying. And uh, uh, to the core of it, we need to understand how it happens. How these browsers like Chrome or Opera or Mo- Mozilla 
tries to snoop on us they use uh, this fantastic method which is called cookies cookies yeah like everybody of us have seen those notifications yeah, do you accept cookies do you accept cookies so, so we just click okay and like get to get rid of the pop up so internet cookies are like built especially for the internet web browsers to track personalize and save information about each user session as we know like a session just refers to the time when you spend the time on a site and cookies are created to identify when you visit a new website so every time we accept the cookies we are just giving the authority to somebody else yes and more fundamentally your web history is like the color of your underpants it is nobody's business to know yeah would you let anyone know your web activity absolutely not and letting anyone collect that data leaves it also to ripe for abuse by hackers and bullies and uh, and you know don't you think it's very bizarre even in a democracy people are being watched and monitored constantly just like in a dictatorship or a totalitarian state yeah from this thing i remember like there is a book named how much surveillance can a democracy withstand by richard stallman yes richard stallman so what do you think what are your ideas on how much surveillance can a democracy withstand first of all we need to thank one person edward snowden's disclosures we know because of his disclosures we know that the current level of general surveillance in society is incompatible with the human rights you know him right you know edward snowden yeah yeah he was the american whistleblower right yes okay so like he was a guy who copied and leaked highly classified information from the nsa in 2013 when he was a cia employee and subcontractor yes the repeated the harassment and prosecution of descendants sources and journalists in us and elsewhere provides confirmation that we need to reduce the level of general surveillance but how far what where exactly is the maximum tolerable level of surveillance which is, which we must ensure uh, is not exceeded it is the level beyond which surveillance starts to interfere with the functioning of democracy in that whistleblowers such as edward snowden are likely to be caught um faced with government secrecy we the people depend on whistleblowers to tell us what the state is doing we were reminded of this in 2019 as various whistleblowers gave the public uh, of the information about a trump's attempt to shake down the presidents of ukraine do you know about this uh, no i don't know about this so what happened uh, 2020 us presidential elections are coming up right so trump's uh, opponent is joe biden so trump calls up the president of ukraine and uh, tells about trump's uh, tells about uh, joe biden's son who is doing something was doing something in ukraine and uh, the current prosecutor there did not prosecute him due to sudden thing and it's internal politics of ukraine but uh, if the prosecutor would have investigated joe biden's son then the image of joe biden would have gone down and trump called the president of ukraine and kind of uh, you know it was more of a quid pro quo so for example trump was giving certain financial aids to ukraine and in return ukraine will investigate trump, uh, joe biden's son okay and then this was this was this is to demean or defame joe biden yeah. which would have 
been advantageous to Trump in the election. Okay. So, uh, and we would never know what the president of USA is talking to the president of Ukraine. But it was these whistleblowers who revealed these information to us. However, today surveillance intimidates potential whistleblowers, which means it's it is too much. It is too much to recover our democratic control over the state. We must reduce surveillance to the point where whistleblowers know that they are safe. Uh, they are safe. safe. Yeah. If whistleblowers don't reveal crimes and lies, we lose the last shred of effective control over our government and institutions. That's why surveillance that enables the state to find out who has talked with a reporter is too much surveillance, too much democracy to endure. So information once collected will be misused because uh, when people recognize that the level of general surveillance is too high, the first response is to propose limits on access of the accumulated data, right? So that sounds nice, but it won't fix the problem in reality, like not even slightly. So even supposing that the government obeys the rules, in practice, we can't expect the state agencies to make up excuses to satisfy the rules for using surveillance data because US agencies already lie to cover up breaking the rules. These rules are not seriously meant to be obeyed. Rather, they are a fairy tale which we can believe if we like. And in addition, the state surveillance staff who misuses this data for personal reasons, you know, uh, some NSA agents used US surveillance system to track their lovers, past, present, or they wished for, in a practice called love knit. But these events shouldn't surprise us because police have long used their accesses to driver's license records to track down someone attractive. A practice known as running a plate for a plate for a date. Yeah. So they are, um, you know, checking whose name this vehicle is registered to, to track them out for a date. This um, practice has expanded with the new digital systems. In 2016, a prosecutor in US was accused of forging judges' signature to get authorization to wiretap someone who was the object of a romantic obsession. Um, and there are many instances in the US that the surveillance data has been misused and through Edward Snowden's uh, disclosures, we have uh, found that surveillance data will always be used for some other purposes, even if this is prohibited. Once the data has been accumulated and the state has the possibility of access to it, it can misuse the data in debtful ways. Yeah, like so, like so. We should, I guess, we, we should, should uh, give, uh, we should tell the listeners how to protect, yeah, uh, uh, be protected on internet. So, guys, uh, to have privacy, you must know not to throw it away. Like the first one who has to protect your privacy is you. Avoid identifying yourselves to websites. Contact them with Tor, like. The Tor is a browser, if you don't know, which uh, secures your um, IP address through VPN and stuff. And always use browsers that block the schemes they use to track visitors. Uh, keep your data, uh, keep your own data, essentially. Do not store your data in a company's convenience server. It's safe, however, to entrust a data backup to a commercial service like uh, Google Drive or OneDrive. Um, 
provided you put the files in an archive and encrypt the whole archive including the names of the files with free software on your computer before uploading it yeah even for privacy's sake you must avoid non free software yeah if you give control of your computer so operations to companies they are likely to make it spy on you avoid service as a software substitute in addition to giving others control of how your computing is done it requires you to hand over all the pertinent data to the company's server protect your friends and your acquaintances privacy too don't give out their personal information except how you contact them and never give any website your list of email or phone contact don't let a company such as facebook know anything about your friends that they might not wish to publish in a newspaper we when we communicate with others on or move around the city our privacy depends on the practices of the society we can avoid some systems that surveillance um, that's constantly constantly see or snoop our communication and movements but uh, not all of them yeah. clearly the better solution is to make all these systems stop surveilling surveilling on people than legitimate suspect so Absolutely. as so basically as i was researching deeply in the uh, for this podcast the origins of uh, global surveillance i found out that it can be traced back to the late 1940 when the uk and the usa uh jointly enacted an agreement whose um and closely cooperated be- between uh their intelligence agencies and uh, created a global surveillance network named echelon in 1971 and south africa's anti apartheid president Nelson Mandela was closely watched by British M16 uh, MI6 agents yeah. prince princes and he, they didn't even leave uh, princess diana yeah. um princess diana's phone calls were monitored and recorded by the national security agencies right until she died in a uh, 1997 paris car crash i want to question you that uh, what is the role of privacy in the protection of political rights as uh, it has already been noted one of the main reasons why we value privacy so highly is because it is essential to the exercise of individual autonomy and proper development of the of ourselves but while uh, it is perhaps easy to see how privacy is fundamentally important to each uh, each one of us as individuals it is crucial to remember that privacy has a vital public dimension as well um the value of privacy stretches well beyond its usefulness in helping individuals maintain a sense of dignity or construct personal relationships a public value of privacy derives not only from its protection of uh, the individual but uh, also from its usefulness as a restraint on government or on the useful use of power yeah privacy in this sense uh, is not important just to the individual liberty but also to civil or social liberty because it helps to establish boundaries of the exercise of power basically if we cut short the jargon right if someone uh, I, see i get it in a very simple way how i get it is if you are constantly monitored by someone where is your space 
so what do you think how is this limitation achieved like how does protection protecting privacy impose limits on exercise of power by the state see on one hand privacy helps to place limits on the state by making it clear that there are certain places the state cannot go and certain things it can't cannot expect to know for example whatever i'm doing in my washroom is my own business right exactly uh, see on one hand privacy helps to place limits on the state by making it clear that uh, there are certain places the state cannot go and there are certain things the state cannot you know expect to know for example whatever i am doing in my toilet is my own business and i don't think uh, you know the state should know whatever i am doing in my washroom or in my room or whatever uh, and ronald reagan was a us president and uh, in context of this view he was crucial to the development of the fourth amendment which was an amendment uh, to the us constitution and uh, for the development of rules uh, you know in regarding the investigatory powers of the police and other in law enforcement agencies for example being able to enjoy freedom of expression freedom of association or freedom of religion without some accompanying right to privacy uh you know individuals not only need to be able uh, to be alone with their thoughts uh but they also need to be free to share those thoughts with others without being subject to watchful possibly critical eye of the state for example we have uh, heard this instance in west bengal uh you know one jadavpur university professor shared a meme about the honorable chief minister of west bengal and he was immediately arrested and yeah um, i have heard about it and it has it has chilling effects on uh, political discourse indeed one of the greatest dangers of unfettered mass unfettered mass surveillance um, particularly you know it limits our thoughts we can't freely share whatever we want for example recently we during this lockdown this coronavirus lockdown we were having whatsapp forwards saying that you know government is monitoring your whatsapp messages i don't think it is a it is a limit on the ability of individual and groups to express their views through comment protest and other forms of peaceful civil actions yes i totally agree with you and it has a very uh, harmful effects on democracy we you know about the facebook uh, cambridge analytica data breach Which, yeah which occurred in early 2018 when million where millions of uh, facebook users personal data was harvested without consent by cambridge analytica right to be predominantly and this data was used for political advertising yeah this data breach was known as the largest knowing leak in facebook uh, history yes yes so what was this uh basically a data scientist uh, at cambridge university who goes by the name of alexander kogan was hired by cambridge analytica to develop an app called this is your digital life in 2014 he provided the app to cambridge analytica and then cambridge analytica in turn arranged an in- informed cons- consent process for research in which several 100000 facebook users would agree to complete a survey for a payment that was only for academic use however facebook allowed this app not only to collect personal information from survey respondents 
but also from uh, respondents facebook fa- facebook friends in this way cambridge analytica acquired data of from millions of yeah. facebook users so Right. I know like Facebook sent a message to those users who believe to be affected saying the information is likely included one's public profile pub page likes birthday current city and the data was detailed enough for Cambridge Analytica to create psychographic profiles of the subjects of the data right yes the data also included uh, the locations of each person for a like, given political campaign each profile's information yes suggested what type of advertisement would be most effective to persuade a particular person in a particular location for some political campaign. yes and uh, it was used and this data yeah so what Cambridge Analytica did they made a profile on every US citizen yeah and this data was used in the Donald Trump's 2016 presidential, presidential. yeah campaign also you know uh, this uh, data this profile determined personality traits you know what i like what what issues do i like what right. issues do i dislike yeah it was even used in 2016 you know it right ted yes, cruz ted cruz um, yeah. campaign presidential to aid his presidential yeah, campaign yeah he hired in fact cambridge analytica to aid his presidential campaign and and the came and uh, you know ted cruz paid 5.8 million yeah in services so this is this is like if any rich person wants to get elected as the president or the prime minister he can easily have it he can easily in exchange have it. of money they are just paying uh, you know a firm who cal- who has this data and they are just tracking people and translating this data into words and it has also a potential usage in bre- brexit you know yeah so what do you think what's the indian situation in india we have um, i don't know man it's it's very controversial to say about this because we have uh, a firm who goes by the name of ipac who is headed by prashant kishore okay and they you they you know i don't know if you have seen when there is an election nearby they you will see a facebook ad which is sponsored by ipac so okay. they are even doing the same yeah like and also it's and, not nothing and, and, shocking because india is among the world's top three surveillance states right yes and sadly you know the indian constitution guarantees a fundamental right to privacy but the level of privacy indians enjoy is low due to a number of factors the first factor is aadhaar identification system under aadhaar citizens get unique identification number the system houses the largest biometric database or the data of 1.23 billion people yeah and we don't even know if the uh, servers which have this data are protected enough from and, hackers and, and there has been numerous reports Uh, that this controversial system has uh, there has been a database yeah it aadhar database also contains information such as your purchases your bank accounts and even insurance it is connected to your pan card exactly. it's connected to your passport you know so for this uh, you know these concerns we have data protection bill okay. but uh, but it is, it is yet, yet to take effect yet to take effect it's still in lok sabha uh, and uh, there isn't a data protection bill in authority in place in the present like any privacy protection it, is weak at the present it's pretty weak so basically as it's emerging right now indians do not have uh, a data a protection bill data protection bill and it is not it is vulnerable indian indian data is vulnerable yeah it is like unsafe and i think that's why the uh, the chinese app were banned banned exactly and uh, and you know in 2000 november 2012 there was a facebook status update which were which was posted by a 21 year old shaheen dhanda 
Dhanda, I guess, from Palgar, Maharashtra, insinuating that Mumbai had shut down in fear rather than out of respect for the funeral procession of Shiv Sena founder and Hindu Riday Samrat Bal Thakre. Dhada and her friend Rini Srivastan, who liked the status update, were arrested within hours of the update. Is that even possible? Like <laughs> Yes, it happened. The arrested girls were released later and it was decided that the criminal cases against them would be dropped, yet their arrests pulled in protests across the country. It was assumed that the police abused their authority by invoking Section 66A. At the same time, at, at, as it constitutes a violation of the fundamental rights of speech and expression. The center, uh, central government had turned out in January 2013 with an advisory under which no person could be arrested without prior information from the police inspector general or any other sen- senior ofi- officer by the police. Um, this was established uh, in the single PIL case known as Shreya Singhal versus Union of India. The Supreme Court called the entire petition related to the constitutional validity of the Information Technology Act or any section within, within it. So, section what was section 66A? Section 66A in, excludes the freedom of speech and expression granted under Article 19.1 and A and is not safeguarded by the reasonable limit referred in Article 2. It yeah, is, and it is also like outside the reach of Article 19.2C to cause annoyance, discomfort or anything. Like Section 66A seeks to create an offence but has an infirmity and vice of vagueness because the terminology used in it is not clearly defined, right? And the terminology used is subjective and in nature and remains open to law enforcement agencies' desire and willingness to interpret it. Like, there is no limitation. Yes, and Article uh, 14 was uh, violated, yeah, I guess, because, because there is no intelligible distinction as to why this provision was addressed only by means of communication. For example, if right now you would have uh, posted a Facebook uh, post criticizing the government, you could have been arrested, yeah. or, you know. Uh, the legislature is in the strongest position to meet people people's needs, you know, and the judiciary will only weigh, weigh in when a statute is explicitly in violation of Part 3 of the Constitution. Um, in this way, the court would constitute a law to make it practical. In doing so, it would be able to read out, read or uh, read the laws yeah. and interpret and, the laws. And only the probability of violence cannot justify making a rule null, right? The Indian Constitution guarantees freedom of thought and expression as uh, one of its key importance. The right to freedom in Article 19 guarantees the freedom of expression and uh, uh, speech. It was also recognized in the case, many cases, various cases like Menaka Gandhi versus Union of India. Yes, yes. Uh, Where the Supreme Court held that the freedom of speech and expression has no geographical limitation and moves with a citizen's right to collect information and exchange ideas with others, not only in India but also abroad. And moreover, in the case of Rumesh Thapar versus State of Madras, it was was claimed that uh, freedom of speech and expression that 
that of the media lies at the base of all democratic institution without free political debate no public education is possible that is necessary to the proper functioning of the popular government system yes um, freedom of speech and expression includes the right to communicate and receive information like freedom, freedom of speech of... yeah so why do you think uh, why do you think privacy is important since we are talking about privacy yeah privacy is important because uh, privacy is the basic right of every citizen in a democratic country yes because whatever we are doing whatever we are talking nobody has a right to know no, and also and also by collecting our information these informations are stored for time eternal and they are not giving us the right actually they are taking away our right to forget anything so, and you know there has been this uh, very disturbing uh, you know it's it's emerging in china that you know china wants to uh, rank its citizens exactly based on their uh, behavior so basically they will be constantly monitoring their citizens if they do something bad they will uh, you know deduct marks and if they do something good they will add But, marks do you think can you imagine how bizarre this is yeah and i think more sadly like the more sad part is i don't think we can expect any outrage or any protest from chinese people on this yes, thing yes because they will be arrested or executed and we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to know it exactly so that's and a sadder know, part talking about china since we are talking about china uh, do you know about this interesting thing what china did with tibet uh like i am not getting your point because china did many things to so many do people do you know about dalai lama yeah of course i know about dalai lama do you know that he is uh, a refugee in india he is a refugee so do you know that this would uh, probably would be the last dalai lama ever yeah <laughs> i know like he only told me the story so what's the story so, please tell our listeners the story okay so as said by rishavda a few weeks ago so i'm just going to say okay yeah you're just going to say it yeah yeah okay. i'm just going to say like you're no, no. preparing something yeah. i yeah. have to no no you said me the story right so yeah. i have to be precise or else oh, okay, you might think we, we i'm misleading the listeners right okay fine you don't want to mislead anyone okay That's so dalai lama and dalai lama first of all is not a name it's a title like the president of india it's like the dalai lama it's a title and there is this uh, tradition a bit of a fairy tale tradition but i must not say it because tradition is a tradition and everybody should yeah, and we respect every yeah every, exactly so there is a tradition that a dalai lama is not elected but he uh, he is eternal no he is eternal and he is selected actually he is not elected he is selected by panchan lama right yes yes so basically listeners please read this out yeah so, so the, the, let's not talk about no no let's tell them the story please okay. i want to so there is there are two titles dalai lama and panchan lama so a dalai lama chooses a panchan lama which is his second and after the dalai lama dies the panchan lama finds a new dalai lama amongst the newborns so and, and then when panchan lama dies dalai lama finds exactly. out panchan so lama so it's like rebirth of mm-hmm. dalai lama in some other child in some other child and what china did to exercise control over, over tibet tibet they captured panchan lama yeah they kidnapped panchan lama so china is very crazy china but but, but china is not accepting but everybody right. knows they did because they want the panchan lama to select somebody from china as a dalai lama of tibet and would that and uh, that would give china exclusive rights all the rights over tibet all the right if if they could get the their dalai lama on the power 
uh, they could just say that wall of tibet belongs to china china yeah china is so china is like that big old bully which we have now we always <laughs> yeah which we have now but anyway so see privacy is important okay Uh, because getting back to the point yeah getting privacy back, is very get, important privacy and is important the citizens you know what we think what we know you know sharing of ideas you know this is a very important uh, in today's time exactly. nobody know, nobody should know what we are texting someone nobody should know our ducks for example there is a image we are clicking exactly the place where we are storing that image which is our phone can be checked by anyone exactly and uh, we must always remember that we have our privacy so we must not just throw it and, away and in india in specially what i think is uh, that in india we have aadhar right do you know how the government can use aadhar to if uh, a citizen uh, you know say something against the government for example see you need an uh, before uh, ks puttesami versus union of india the position of aadhar was that you had to you had to had the aadhar to get certain services from the government but it was made mandatory after it was made mandatory right so you had to need a aadhar to let's say get a bank account really let's say get a driver's license to get let's say get a get yeah but a, according to official data like aadhar uh, no one can access an information through aadhar like not then, even the police but the then way. there has been uh, data breaches to the aadhar server Yeah, see, there are many loopholes. Actually, we many, are a many. developing nation, so I guess. I think we should uh, we should do something. I mean, I don't think we can do something. Like we just have to pro- we have to be the first one to protect our own privacy because we can't rely actually on the government on at the this government. present point of at, time. At this present point of time, anyway. So we have to be more cautious. So any, listeners, listeners, uh, please are, be cautious. Please be cautious. Stay please safe. Be. Stay, stay. Safe. Not from the corona, but from the data privacy breach. From the data, you know, because it, you should know that this is happening, and you should be self-aware. I guess self, being self-aware is the most important yeah. thing. God saves them who saves themselves. God, yeah. Jeet says a very brilliant line. God saves them who saves themselves. Anyway, with that, we end this podcast today, and we'll be, we'll be seeing you on another episode on of Kaikaran Warriors. Well, we talk about something different altogether. Yeah. uh if you have any suggestions regarding the podcast if you have anything to tell us if you please have, feel free to mention please feel free to mention and mail us your suggestions and your views at calcanlawyers@gmail.com yeah. thank you so much listeners for listening to us listening to us stupid rants <laughs> but anyway will you back have again. a good, nice day have a nice day stay home stay safe